ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is episode 60 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. Uh, we're glad you joined us today. It's been a uh, pretty, uh, it's only Tuesday, but yeah. yeah. You've been doing a good job of getting episodes up. So over time, people will start to uh, realize that we're recording this on March 30th and everything else is in the past. And it's kind of weird. I mean, there uh, there are certain things that certainly give it away. Um, I think episode 57, which published this morning, had a brief segment at the end where we gave our predictions for the then upcoming <laughs> ACC tournament. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was wrong, needless to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been. I think the you know the YouTube element of it has seemingly uh, you know kind of reinvigorated or remotivated me to get back on this stuff. And Andre's like, well, if you need a reason, didn't have to look far. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know. It's you know it's fun exploring the new medium um you know like the video portions that we're doing right now i'm not are not super complicated if anybody you know has listened to our normal podcasts and now watch some of our actual episodes uh full episodes on youtube you'll notice that the youtube episodes don't have like the topic intros which i'm sure are the top reason most people started listening to this podcast to begin with um but Aside from that, I mean, that's really all you're missing. Yeah. And now that we do a fairly good job of censoring ourselves, <laughs> I don't worry. I, I'm just at the point, I'm like, well, you know what? The video may have some profanity, but... Well, it, I it, think right now you can have up to three F-bombs. Is it three now? I think so. Okay. So I thought it was just one, but... No, you know uh, what? You can... One for PG-13 is what it is. Oh, you can, you can okay. have a PG-13 rating, but you can still get one because it was, um, I think, like Days of Future Past or one of the X-Men movies where they go to see Wolverine in the yeah. bar and he's like, you. And yeah. that was their one. And that was what they saved it for, which is great. Okay. So as long as we know that, we yeah. just have to have a um, uh, some type of... We'll have a counter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Have a little digital counter up in the corner here. That's <laughs> ding. <laughs> so, um, speaking of sports, um, sports. I'm not excited about the upcoming football season. I've I've been trying. Actually, I'll say this: my season's was ruined last year, and it's right about in the same path this year. Um, what ruined your season last year? Just as a refresher. COVID. Okay. <laughs> COVID. Like everything sports related was just off because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and right now it's not starting very well. The NCAA, like uh, Carolina lost early. Uh, let's see what else. The trades at Denver, you know, Philip Lindsay going to the Texans, I believe, um, on a two year deal is awful. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for Philip Lindsay in that. <laughs> in that- outcome um but i I don't know i think 
you know, it was one of those things where I'm this obviously being a very weird off season with the decreasing cap space uh, versus, yeah. you know, the normal growing cap space that they're used to, I think has has caused some things. But for the most part, it seems like it's been a lot of restructuring, extending in order to rework money so that you get a lower cap hit now with larger cap hits in the future and that sort of thing. Um, which is only like minorly interesting to me, like I, you know, there's there's an element of that financial stuff where I'm like, oh, that is kind of interesting how you have to look at, you know, where you invest in the team, but ultimately, uh, you know, I get to a point where I'm just like, that's great. Can we go play some football now? Um, yeah, I think salary caps only helps helps out the uh, the team management. They don't really help out the team like um, overall strategy. Like, you can pick up. Uh, Let's say you pick up a quarterback for thirty million for a four-year deal, right? If the quarterback sucks, I mean he sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I I just don't really, I don't really care about that. Like I, I'm interested at to some degree, but not to a great degree. Yeah, I uh, um, I paid a little bit of attention to kind of what was going on this off season. Like this, I'll be honest, is a weird. This is a unique off season for me in a lot of ways. Um, it's the first time that I've really been like a since I became a pretty fervent NFL and football fan that mm -hmm. I don't have a team with Philip Rivers on it that I can pull for. <laughs> like I guess I'm gonna have to start pulling for whatever high school he's coaching down in Georgia and like somehow you know getting. <sighs> live feeds on youtube or something um <laughs> i just hit i know mic. you did that's how <laughs> bad that was um no it's but i do find myself less invested i guess in like the russell wilson train i think is starting to leave the station in terms of like how much i'm just like you know kind of blindly going to continue supporting that guy <laughs> Yeah, I, I, um, it's, it's just kind of one of those, it's like you won a Super Bowl, you know, like, and I'm glad, like, I really loved that moment for, you okay. know, it was a lot of fun to enjoy. It's pretty much the only time in my life that I can remember one of my teams actually winning something while I was watching. Like, I was thinking about it today, and I'm sorry to do this, but NC State. So I was born in 1984, July of 1984, right? The last time that they won a national title in anything was the 83, you know, men's basketball team, right? So the year before I was born. Okay. So I wasn't even alive. I didn't even become a, a, an NC State fan until 2002, 2003, when I first started going there. So... I didn't even have to experience all of that time, but I couldn't even like have have witnessed it vicariously and then become a fan later. You know, like I I have literally never once watched that watched the men's women the men's team in <laughs> basketball or football win an ACC title or you know like any any real significant <laughs> like I don't even think they've won the NIT. Actually, they haven't. Right. I, I mean, like... It, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. They've been to the NIT a lot. Right. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, what what's frustrating, and I, I was trying to think if there's a way to, to... 
I guess, position this. I don't, I'm trying not to do this in a way that diminishes these other sports, but you know, like we, we have won national championships in wrestling and like, you know, we won an ACC championship twice in a row now in women's basketball. So it's like, it, it's possible to have, you know, it's like we, we have had people who have been put in place to succeed and have the facilities and everything that they need essentially to go win a championship. But for whatever reason, in these like two sports, we just cannot get out of our own way. And well, well, the men's soccer team, the women's soccer team, they're actually pretty competitive. They are. Uh, the, but, the baseball like the, team. The baseball team, okay, came into the season and was like, you know, almost every year. State is either comes into the season in baseball with like they could be amazing and then falls flat on their face or nobody expects anything from them and they look really, really good until they go to like the College World Series and then they fall flat on their face. And even this year, right? It's like supposed to be pretty good. Stunk, 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 stunk. Oh, are we playing 11th ranked Carolina at <laughs> Carolina this weekend? We'll just sweep them. Like all of a sudden we're knocking in grand slams and we have pitchers going complete games. Like, right. Okay. So I, I think what COVID's done for me is kind of level my expectations for sports in general. Um, and I just want to watch sports. I think that's what it's boiled down to. Like I, I'm not divested in any team. I'm just probably understanding that these are human beings. Like, see, and I think like, that's part of it too, though. Is there there was a moment, and you're gonna laugh probably when I say this, but there was a moment where I actually started kind of feeling bad for the other, the opposing team, <laughs> and like their players. You know, like. <laughs> in a game where you're just getting completely destroyed, you know, it's like, right. and you just kind of, and it's like, that's got to really suck. Like you almost kind of hate it for them that, yeah. you know, it's like, or this guy who has like a really big mistake in a game, you know, and then everybody hates on him forever. And it's just like, I don't know. At some point I'm, I kind of like recognize that like, you know what? Like these aren't characters. They're not super villains and superheroes. Right. Like they're people, you know, like, that's where I almost think because at the same time where I I am like I I certainly have a frustration that I haven't been able to see you know my NC State men's teams succeed on the national stage like I'd like them to right or get like some right. level of recognition just cuz I think that'd be cool um and so I could stop having to listen to Carolina fans just be like oh Carolina's uh but but don't you don't you think it's a little bit like um, uh, just relaxing, just to enjoy the game? Yes, there is some, and that's why, I, like, when I watch sports on TV now, it's usually games that I don't care about. Right. Like that's what I and that's the the thing that I enjoy because it is more of a disconnect. It's more of like a I just want to watch some sports. I don't want to be you know, so emotionally invested in what's going on that, you know, and there was a time where like, I loved that, you know, like that buildup on game day of, oh man, you know, the chargers have a huge game coming up or, you know, I mean, if I'm going to an NC state game, like that's totally different. I will get really excited for that, but I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, there, there are certain things like today I was watching some football. Um, 
Speaking of which, gosh. Because <laughs> my Hulu has the ESPN Plus thing. And so now the I US get... The U.S. men's team can't go to the Olympics twice in a row because of dumb crap? I didn't hear about this, so you're going to have to inform me. Yeah, they, they it was a goalkeeper mistake in uh, Honduras. Was it Honduras? Oh, in terms yeah. of like, so like the game, they lost the game yeah. because of a mistake? Okay. Yeah, a keeper mistake. So they, they didn't qualify for the Olympics again. So, so are we going to fire Arenas a third time? It wasn't. Um, <sighs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that who is it? Then they fired Klinsman and then they hired yeah. Arenas I, I back? Just, I, I just think that they should. Um, so the headlines are U.S. men's Olympic failure shows a lack of leadership, not talent. Uh, Can uh, it be both? <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, I don't know. I just get frustrated because two on two fronts, one, they're a very, very talented squad and two, the women should make more money. Um, yeah. Like there, there's no justification for that, but I'll, I have other teams I can pull for in the Olympics. So it doesn't matter. Although we're in a Barcelona like kit today. So um, uh, that's, that's always a fight in my house. Like, <laughs> Um, well, what is the, the FIFA game? What are the FIFA games that are going on right now? Because I saw like Portugal are, was playing. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of friendlies. Okay, like, Luxembourg the, and it was Netherlands playing somebody. Yeah. So, and, and I believe it was the B squad that was at the Olympics. And I, I haven't been following all the friendlies. And, I, and I'm serious. Like this is something that if it was a normal year, I'd be watching football like right now. And right. you know that. I, I watched it at work like all the time. <laughs> like like a ridiculous amount but <laughs> that was always one of my favorite things the i guess it only happened once when we were there maybe it was twice it was yeah. the world cup yeah we had the world cup and having the guys from portugal and argentina and all that stuff that came in that happened to be there when we were you know watching yeah. the world cup and stuff and we had it on in the big big room on the giant projector and everybody screaming and hollering and that was back when uh donovan was still yeah his still... last his last run yep so what was funny was that my feed was like always 10 seconds faster <laughs> and so because you, you were streaming hear... your plex stuff from home right yeah yeah and nobody was up on that game they're like watching it on some like god knows it was whatever ESPN. yeah it was espn but i have uh you know plex is awesome and i will tell you one of the reasons why I got into TV streaming and like streaming things from my home network was we went to Florida for, for, I almost said holiday for vacation. And um, it was during the world cup. So we're at, we're at Disney. I went down there originally for work. Uh, there was a, a convention and uh, my wife and daughter went down with me because I was going to take vacation after the convention. Um, so we're at Disney I'm watching the World Cup. I'm literally in Disney with my phone, streaming games to my phone. So we're what's a, a small world, and uh -huh. I'm with my and my wife and I are watching uh, Peru versus like uh, Bolivia or something. <laughs> so nice. It was so amazing, and like I got addicted to that experience. Like when you think about it, uh, and for for me, like I I put a TV in my kitchen for the World Cup. So the World Cup is a um, that's a big thing in my house. Uh, 
international soccer is important in my house. Like we watch, we will watch every game. Doesn't matter where we're at. Um, yeah, but I like, I do love soccer, but I will tell you like, that's probably soccer and football are my top two sports. Uh, so football and football, fo- football and football. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like the, a lot of my friends like will watch like uh, the Super Bowl, and they're not, well, they're typically immigrants. And so I always get frustrated when I'm watching football with them because I'm like, I got to explain this to you. Like, I don't want to explain it to anybody like this. You're ruining the game for me. See, and that's why, like, we need to just fix that, you know, and yeah. like on, you know, you we come that bigger, watch bigger, bigger fo- parties. Yeah. Come watch football with me and go watch football with them. And yeah, but I'm a, I'm a loud guy when I'm watching like a team I want to see. Well, you know, I'm really loud. Oh I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm obnoxious. Yeah. I coach from the couch. Mm-hmm. I coach with a beer. Um, I coach and I cheer. I mean, it's like a whole, um, it's a thing. I get upset. I turn the TV off. I go try and do something for a few minutes. <laughs> I get an update on my phone. They're down by three more scores. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been an off. It's, it's probably going to change my uh, sports dynamic. Um, because the only thing I have to look forward to is like the Olympics, um, and the world cup. I, I don't think, of course, I'm going to watch football next year. I'm going to watch the playoffs. I want to. I kind of feel like the Lakers are going to win it, but it's not the same. So hopefully, there is a reboot next year. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm not as convinced that the Lakers are going to win it, only because of the injuries to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And LeBron. But, um, yeah. I think. I just I don't know. It's. I don't care that much about basketball this year like i i think in part because it feels like we just got done with the basketball season we literally did yeah right and so like because that was pushed back so far it's just kind of and i I, but the truth is like i never really paid that close attention to the regular season you know and even during like the bubble stuff like when they came back and were playing before they went to the playoffs or you know however i only watched a few games um does i just i don't know well, it's a good thing we're not a sports podcast because we would be not pretty just a sports screwed. podcast. Yeah, that would be like God. These guys are pissed. Like yeah. every every episode would be like just frustration and anger. <laughs> Watch some more sports. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? Pop culture. No, but uh, in place of sports, I have been watching a lot of movies and shows. Um, <laughs> that was basically my entire weekend. Um, I got caught up on a whole bunch of stuff that I've been meaning and needing to watch um, for a while. And so, uh, okay, so like last week we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. God, I love that show. A little bit. And yes, I am now all caught up. Uh, I watched both episodes. I am very frustrated that they won't just give it all to me at once. Because <laughs> I would have watched it all this weekend. Um, it's, it, but it's a brilliant show, right? I really enjoy it so far. Um, I Gosh, really so hate un- the new the fake Captain America guy. A uh, U.S. Um, agent, John Walker? Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a tool. Um, 
so yeah, like that's been really good though. I like I've really I, I like the way that they've structured that show so far. Um still haven't watched any WandaVision. I'm just gonna get through that first. Um I okay. did watch I don't know if you watched this yet, but Coming to America. Yeah. The new one. Yeah. Really? really? I don't think that I don't think they needed to make that movie. Well, no, they didn't need to make that movie. They they probably shouldn't have. What did you not like about it? Uh, about eighty percent of it. I I just wasn't it wasn't engaging to me. The story, the plot was interesting, right? Was I just it? didn't. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah. See, so see, okay. I didn't care about the plot. The like the I, plot was never was. I mean, was the plot of the first movie that important? No, it's hilarious because it's. Uh, did you like I, the first movie? I I did. Okay. It's it's like a classic. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just, it is my all time favorite movie. So. Yeah, they ruined it by making the second. See, movie. and that's what I thought was going to happen, and I think this is part of it. Is that. I don't my I have just set my expectations ridiculously low for things lately when it comes to like movies and stuff. Yeah. And I find that I come out enjoying it so much more in a lot of cases. Not always. I mean, you know, like a, a, a So there's how do you screw up the pairing of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall? I is my question. I do And I think I think that there wasn't enough of that pairing in the movie and that's what took away from it being a good movie. In my opinion, um, even though the story wasn't about their 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 uh, their friendship, but that was, I believe, for me, that's what made a lot of the first movie. I don't disagree that that was a key part of the first movie. Um, I guess I don't know. There were enough. There was enough throwback stuff that I found myself like cracking up and laughing and going, "Oh my god!" Like then you could have watched the first movie again to call it a day. You didn't have to have a, a freaking re- like almost. No, a, I disagree a soft, because it was it's... a soft reboot. I didn't like it. Tell me, it wasn't a soft reboot. It wasn't a soft reboot. You're a liar. <laughs> it was a soft reboot. It just didn't, the movie didn't make sense. Like, it just didn't. Again, I agree. There were parts of it, you know, like, okay, the, the ridiculous. Let me, right, let, let me, let me take that. Take this. Let me kind of, I enjoy Eddie Murphy and I love seeing him on screen. And I am a big fan of Arsenio Hall because he's Arsenio Hall. Ooh, 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 dog pound, blah, blah, blah. The movie was not; it was just way too hyped up, and it didn't meet. But any see, that's what that's what I'm saying is that I think. What ultimately did you expect? Did you expect it to be the same magic as the first movie, or at least part of it? I mean, how but how pre- do you do that without basically just kind of hearkening back to what you did 30 years ago and trying to put some element of a new spin on it, which I, is what I, I feel I don't like know. they did. I, I, I'm not a screenwriter. It's well, I know like- you're not, but like that's what I'm saying is like, okay, so I'm not saying that it was your fault, but I'm just saying that ultimately I came away from it because I did. I I had heard from people it's not that good. Like it was okay, it wasn't that great. And I'm like, I even said to Chrissy before we started it, all right, because we had watched most of the first one. She had never seen it before. 
What? Yeah, I know. You got to remember, like, she grew no, up in, I don't. in Germany, and so there was a lot of, like, the early 80s, mid-80s, like, cultural stuff. Didn't what are you talking about? When I lived in Europe, it was all about Sky Channel and look. I'm I just watched, telling you what she told me. All right, I'm just I'm taking uh, up with her. I'm not. <laughs> but you had so, to edit this whole part out because <laughs> she's. <laughs> so we watched the rest of it. We had like uh, 15 minutes left. You know, it was something right. where like we, I don't remember. Like we had stopped it for something, and then we never ended up finishing it. And so we were like, okay, we'll, we'll watch. We'll back it up like five minutes, we'll watch the last 20 minutes of this one, and then we'll go straight into the next one. And so as we transitioned from one to the other, I was like, all right, well, are you ready to just burn everything that you appreciated about that last one to the ground? <laughs> and she was like, um, and I was like, she was like, is it not good? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's a 30-year-old sequel. Like, it, I can't imagine that it's that great. And I think, like, I came away from it going... It wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. Like I, it was I had a lot it was of it, fun while I was watching it. That it was entertaining, right? And that's all I wanted from it. I wanted, I, I wanted an hour and forty five minutes of entertainment with an Eddie Murphy that I haven't seen in forever. And I'll give the movie that it was entertaining. Did it meet up to the expectations I probably set way too high in my head? The answer is no. Did you I mean, not like Wesley Snipes? Oh, he was funny. That was like, pretty funny. That I mean, there was so it was entertaining, but I thought that they were gonna like not move the storyline forward, but at least be as good. And I don't like campy stuff anyway. All the slapstick stuff, that's just not me, right? And I think Eddie Murphy has done like from boomerang to um a lot of like most of his movies, it's not slapstick, it's just funny, right? And there was way too much slapstick, like campy stuff. I, I just didn't like it. Okay, so I just got like, did you? We're talking about coming to America when we're talking about the first movie, right? It like, was funny because there was the cultural differences. So for me, that was what I thought was hilarious about it, right? Because so there was a, did you not find that humorous in the second one? I think it was kind of the whole McDowell scene, like that was overplayed for me. Right. You just uh, took that personally. No, I just thought it like they, they established they, they established that very well in the very begin in the first movie, right? right? They didn't have to like rehash that about the lawsuits. There were things where it's kind of like, Yeah, you, you already did that. You're assuming, you're making the assumption that people didn't see the first movie, right? But it's see, like that's that's where I think to some degree because not everybody is going to have necessarily seen the first one. I right? bet you're about to call me old. No. I like, what I was going to say is that there will be people who watch it because their parents watched the first one and were like, you got to watch okay, this, right? That, that's fair. And so yeah, like, just, I feel like there are some of those jokes that, yeah, like you kind of got to pepper it in. And like the McFlurry and Mac Flurry or whatever, McFlurry blurry <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just it, it was dumb ju- like it was yeah, was yeah. like not everything was 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 a hit but yeah um, some of the jokes didn't hit well and i was just like all right and that i'm saying the movie was entertaining i watched the whole thing right it wasn't like i turned it off like when a movie's that bad there's sometimes like yeah. G- geely geely was, yeah yeah that was terrible 
Um, Alex Cross didn't. I've never seen the any more than forty five seconds of that movie. Uh, I remember watching it with my youngest son. That was a looked, Tyler Perry trying to be serious, yeah. right? Yeah, we looked at each other and he was like, "Kill it." I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> so <laughs> there are a few movies where I'm just like, "Medea that becomes ain't a spy." <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I'm not down with that. I, and I try to give Tyler Perry a pass. You know, I'm like, "Oh," but I'm like, "This is awful." See, it's funny that you mentioned that because at the beginning of this conversation, I was thinking about Blackish and the. When when Kenya doesn't like the movie that came out and everybody's like, what are you talking about? Like, I was sitting here like, what are you talking about? It's a great movie. And you're like, no, man, it's garbage. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he gets so much crap from my community and I get it. And it's like, I think for, um, you know, for black, black is you know, black AF, right? I, I think. Oh, that's yeah. Even, sorry, not blackish, but black, black yeah. AF. <laughs> I, see, I I try to do the corrections in a polite way. Some people try to correct me in public. I'm just saying. Um, I know he gets a lot of heat, and but I think he's actually able to make some of some of those conversations like doable. Yeah. Right? Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right kind, or that it's going to come across as like some bridge hi hey now you're in camera <laughs> no, no, we have to edit that part out no. you know we're putting all you know we're putting all these on youtube right yeah all right so all right commercial break we don't have grandchildren but we do have grand dogs so my son went to see his brother in california mm-hmm. and we we now are the the, what is what is it dog grandparents or something like that yeah of our um lovely brilliant like humongous um pit bull oh, nice <laughs> it was, until he starts running around the house and mm-hmm. like he thinks everything is like as big as he is and it's not it's like yeah. i'm not as big as you are but anyway um i so we were talking a little bit about uh Kenya and Black AF and Tyler Perry and that stuff. I just, I always thought it was really interesting the episode where he goes and talks to Tyler Perry and gets his kind of whole take on, you know, the movies and the everything. And he's like, look, you know, this is an inside joke between me and the people that are coming to see my movies. Is that everybody no and i'm okay with that like that's his perspective this is this is uh, this is my way of kind of like doing my thing and and i and i you know what and that episode for me was actually a good episode because black people are not a monolith yeah i mean it's just it is what it is right um like i've seen both sides of the tracks and it shapes my perspective you know, like you've seen me in meetings where I'm like, no, I can't say what I'm thinking because, you know, trying, I'm not trying to get fired today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's step outside and I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah. So and I get that. So and it's it actually made me remember that we're we're as a as a culture, as a community, we're not a monolith. Um, and my respect to, for them for having that dialogue, because I think sometimes the black community, we forget that, you know, Um we don't 
but I don't think we forget where we came from. I think that we, we lose uh, a certain perspective that helps us to get our brothers and sisters to like take another step. I don't think it's about losing perspective of, of like where we came from. Um, and that's a tough conversation, uh, even in the black community. So just, you know, I think there, there's a place for Tyler Perry. There's a place for, you know, Kenya and, and, and our, in our media. Like I listened to episode 57, we're talking about representation, right? And I think there's, it's a very complex issue. Um, I don't have a solve for it, but I think it's worth having the conversation to kind of make that better. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, one of the things that we touched on a little bit, but that I think is really important to kind of remember in that representation conversation is that it's not always about seeing necessarily like the same skin color or the same gender or both, you know, like there are, there are lots of different ways that people can be represented, you know, in these stories and that just kind of creating different connection points for people with characters is what it really boils down to, you know, and it's not (laughs) like it was, it's so selfish to think that all the characters should be something that you can instantly and directly connect with. Right. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And, and I mean, I've certainly been there where, I've consumed some sort of, you know, content and come out of it and been, and had a lot of negative thoughts about it. Like, well, that was right. garbage, blah, 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 blah. And more recently, I think I've, I've tried to soften that a little bit and come at it a little bit more from the perspective of like, okay, I didn't like that. You right. know, like there might be people out there who really do like that and that's cool, you know, but I watched it that's, and that it wasn't just wasn't, me. wasn't for me. Like, I mean... <laughs> We were talking about it uh, on episode 56, the Snyder Cut, right? I sat there on episode 56 and said, Zack Snyder, his whole dark motif, all of this stuff, not my bag. Don't want to see it. Not interested. Oh, I watched the Snyder Cut this weekend. It's pretty good. Um, Still, you know, I mean, like any movie, right? Things where I'm kind of like, hold up, they just did what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I will say, I don't, four hours. We had to split it up over two two days. Oh, really? Yeah, and I mean, we, we had already watched Coming to America and something else, I feel like, before we started that. Maybe we did just decide to start that. But we got a couple of hours, we got about halfway into it, and like I had to feed the dogs or something like that, and then take them out. And so when I came back, Christy was passed out. And so I was like, okay, I'll just watch. I put on Shaft and watch that instead, Um, which was a funny side story. You know, I'm flipping through Plex, and I'm like, oh, Shaft, cool, Shaft. And I'm watching the first like 30 minutes of it, and I'm like, God, Christian Bailey looks young and where's this kid like where did every what what is going on and i look it up and i'm like i'm watching the wrong one because samuel l jackson has literally never aged a day in his life yeah on film and so i could not tell the difference at the beginnings of the movie and so i got like 30 minutes into that and i was like no this isn't the one i want to watch and so i I switched to the other one and watched all of that um but then yeah we came back the next day and finished 
the Snyder Cut, uh, the last two hours of it. I mean, and it is like it's a lot. I think they probably could have and maybe should have split it up into two movies. Um, that was the original plan. I think that would have made a lot more sense than whatever you know. Joss Whedon tried to do, um, and I never even saw that version. But just based on the clips I saw on YouTube of like comparing the stuff in each version, I was kind of like, wow. And I used to be a pretty big Joss Whedon fan. Like I feel like he got a he got a lot of credit for a long time for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, Buffy and Firefly, right? Like yeah, yeah, everybody Firef- was all you know, Firefly Serenity. Like, oh, you never sh- they need to remake that show. Blah blah blah. Okay. Lately, I've been more like I mean, especially with all the crap that came out, you know, about him personally. And I know how you feel <laughs> about. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> like, just actually, I I kind of lift up lifted up that rock, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of that is suspect, and and I get it, but like, does it take away from Buffy? Am I going right. to stop watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer because he's a complete tool? Right? Probably Am not. I going to stop watching the Marvel movies that he was a part of? Yeah. No, like that's not you're right. Like I I can sit here and say, okay, I don't agree with what. Like he did, right? And right. I'm not really. I don't rock with that. I'm yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go out and be like, go get Joss Whedon another job, you know. But, <laughs> um, so anyway, sorry, weird sidetrack on that. But, um, <laughs> but the Snyder cut. But the Snyder cut is good. It's good. Um, you know, I. It was funny because Christy was like, "Have you know?" Or I asked her. I was like, "Do is there anything I need to know going into this?" And she was like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then we start the movie and it's like, as it's rolling through the credits and she grabs the remote and pauses it. And I'm like, what's up? And she was like, well, you do remember what happened in Spider-Man or or Batman versus Superman. Right. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you know, Superman dies and Batman kills him. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like that's, I, I knew that that happened. I (laughs) I never saw it, but I knew that that happened. Um, And she was like, Okay, that's like that's the only thing you really need to know going into it. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so we watched it. Um, yeah, like I liked the story. It's, I mean, and I know that there are parallels throughout the DC and Marvel universes, but it is very funny to watch that and and just see all of like oh, you can almost picture it shot side by side like the same type of scenes and setups and those sorts of things between the two movies, you know, like you're seeing something happen and I'm like, I remember this exact same type of well, thing that happened the, in Avengers. And the thing I, I will give, um, and I'm going to tie both of them together. I, I think that um, actually, I, I don't think that's true. I think that as far as like the dark human struggle, DC does a better job. I think as far as the reality of social struggles, Marvel does a better job. And I think I kind of touched on that before. Um, So it's good to see, you know, the, it's good to see like a a Bruce Wayne struggle with like the decisions he has to make. Right. Um, Because you can all, you can always say, well, he's got so much power and influence and blah, 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 blah. Why is he struggling with this? I think characters like, batman cyborg right um 
it, it was just interesting to see that struggle with what that looks like from a quote unquote hero's point of view. Um, Still don't love Ben Affleck as Batman or Bruce Wayne. I'm not okay. He's and, not terrible. Like he wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. And there were moments that I liked even, but overall I still got done. And I was just kind of like, no, that's still just not. So who's the perfect Bruce Wayne, right? Who did like, who do you cast as Bruce Wayne where you're like, Oh, that's the character. It's tough, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's not, I will say I will say that Ben Affleck has like for me, I think he does a good representation of both characters, not just one or the other. Like Christian Bale, in like, you know, probably a better Batman. I don't see him as Bruce Wayne. Like I, I struggle with him as Bruce Wayne. See, I think Christian Bale I saw I, I, was sellable as Bruce Wayne to me because of the whole like American psycho thing. And you're probably not a big, I mean, I know you're not. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that movie was really big when I was in high school and it was, was like, Oh my God, you gotta watch this movie. It's so crazy. It's like, it was up there with like fight club, you know, among the movies where it was like, Oh my God, it's the best movie ever. Um, and I, I don't still think that, um, in fact, it's been, probably 10 years since I've watched that movie, if not longer. But he was, you know, like the Wall Street, you know, uh, posh kind of. And so, like, I guess I I, I bought it. Um, if Maybe only based on that. Uh, I actually think that I might like Ben Affleck better as Batman than I did Christian Bale. There were, there were, so I think especially the thing that probably I liked the best about that whole movie was the scene at the end in the, the dream sequence that he has because his whole, just like that whole motif and everything was just his demeanor in that scene was, it was amazing. It was was perfect. It's kind of like when I, when I think of Bruce Wayne, I think of not larger than life, but a person that you could look at them like outside of his uh, Batman costume and have questions like, does he know like what he wields? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the lines in, in both actually in Batman versus Superman, he's a better Bruce Wayne. I think his lines in justice league, he's a, like, like I can see him driving through Metropolis trying to save, you know, save people as Bruce Wayne. Right. I was like, that's what sold me, right? Okay. But what messed me up was um, the um, in in Justice League was he was so indecisive, and it, that just kind of so maybe it, for me it kind of like made me think: Would Batman? Would Bruce Wayne, who's probably smarter than everybody in the room, and not in a a technical way, but just reading the the situation? would he have struggled in some of those parts? Like, and if he did, what did that look like? And can you sell that? And that and I, I kind of stepped back and said, yeah, he would probably be thinking, you know, this is bigger than us. It's kind of like Tony Stark, right? Mm-hmm. Tony didn't know how to beat Thanos. Like he was just like, yo, we're going to get our ass kicked. <laughs> and seeing him like have to struggle through that kind of made me say that makes sense and, and for what it's worth. 
Yeah, I think um, the one scene that probably fell flattest for me, and I think it was actually supposed to have more kind of impact, was when they were initially kind of getting together, you know, as a team. And Aquaman was kind of like arguing about, who was it? Um, Cyborg? Yeah, you know, like he had a lot of like manufactured beef with Cyborg. I didn't, I didn't really get that. And it just it and it was weird because it was like you know one second he's like for all we know you know you could be this guy and he's like no I'm not he's like oh okay cool no worries (laughs) you know where it was just like and I think part of the reason that it fell flat was because I had watched a clip that was talking about you know, like that iconic scene in the first Avengers movie when they're on the helicarrier in Banner's, you know, and Tony Stark's lab, and it's the big fight, you know, where they're all kind of, and the camera's like going kind of crazy and tilting sideways and all that stuff. And it, what the point that the the YouTube video was trying to make is that, you know, that moment where it feels like it's so close to falling apart for that group, and then for it all to kind of then be brought back together shortly thereafter right. with everything that happens with Coulson. And um, that that is what really kind of like makes that such a feel good, you know, moment towards the end of the movie. Um, and that that was one of the things they felt was kind of missing from the Justice League film and even the Zack Snyder cut. And I think like that scene was kind of supposed to provide that in that moment of distrust and like, who are we? We don't really know, but it almost felt like it was way too easily overcome. And then they were all just like, all right, well, cool. We'll just move on and no worries. But I've said this before. I think that, you know, and I've, I watched all the, uh, the YouTube commentary, like after the movie, uh, I, I don't want to, um, taint your, Yeah. My, my perspective of it. And I think that the struggle that we have is that you take the genre of comic books and that demographic of people, right? People that actually grew up reading comic books is shrinking. And you're trying to uh, introduce that to a new audience. And I've had to like over the years, ever since Iron Man and Iron Man by far my, in my top five movies of all time, like just because I'm like, it was brilliantly done. And you're trying to introduce this whole genre in a different medium. Like people expect um, the, the bridge is so narrow and how you can really tell the stories Yeah. because I can look at the, you know, Arthur Curry, AKA Aquaman character and look at like his struggles throughout the years from source material and where he eventually ends up as not just like a laughable guy that talks to dolphins. Right. And most people only get to see the fact that he's, a, you know, he's Jason Momoa. Oh, and he talks to fish. Right. Um, so I give him a little bit more latitude than most. And so I think that for me, it's like, yeah, can you expand the universe? And that's the the tricky part. I think DC's going to struggle in that aspect with, their uh their a-league characters like the justice league and you know i think the batman may help them but i think that marvel's done a good job with the falcon and winter soldier right so the falcon although he's an avenger like he was the falcon he's like one of the rare black superheroes that i saw as a kid growing up you know and i was like yeah this is totally dope i'm not okay with the fact they didn't give him like superpowers um i'm i'm still adjusting to that 
but it's kind of a corny superpower, like talking to birds. But I, I remember like as a kid, like even the little clip of, you know, the, the kid saying, Oh, you're a black Falcon. Yeah. Oh, sh- sh- should I call you black kid? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that is so dope. I love that right? scene. That was <laughs> cracking me up. Yeah. And I was like, it, it, it shows the, the, the difference where both publishers, writers, and artists are in that spectrum from it, you know, from, uh, touching on those social things, the things that make you connect to your quote unquote heroes. Right. And I, and I find it very fascinating that I can, well, I can just like anybody else will, will, will clinch to a story because it gives us hope or it gives us like a way out of a situation or we can see that even though I know in the back of my mind that somebody's writing the story, somebody's drawing this panel, but it gives you kind of like a different perspective where you can see there, there can be positive outcomes. And I, I think both, both comic houses have their own challenges, right? Um, I think we, you need both. You need, you need, we need to be able to tell stories to give people like not hope, but a perspective, a different neutral perspective, uh, how you can address some issues of race, like the, the scene in episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the differences of Isaiah and uh, Captain America, like how do they treat a black person that could, could be considered way too powerful while well, they put him yeah. in prison, right? So those subtle nods to, yeah, it's, it's cool to have heroes, but do we treat all of our heroes the same way? Uh, that scene was set up even with the Black Falcon thing, right? Right. Uh, I just think it's it's a cool art form to make you have the conversation. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, and there, I mean, there was the whole moment right after that, right, where they're walking right. through the street and the cops show up. And I didn't, yeah, that made me so angry. That that literally like, um, now angry that they put it in there, or angry because I know it happens. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, life. I, I will say this, uh, and I was talking to one of my circle, right? And we were talking about race again. And, um, for the record, I'm 44, right? I have kids that are in their, late twenties, early twenties. And, and my daughter is the, the youngest of the bunch. I get it. Like I get and accept the way the world, the, the way the world operates. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it. I, I don't pretend like if I keep my nose down long enough, it won't happen to me. It makes me angry. And I I'm in the last two years, two, two and a half years, the, the tension and the pressure has only gotten worse. And even I just feel like I honestly don't feel safe in my own country, if I'm being honest. Like, and that's like a, it's a constant rem- reminder, you know, like I, I really, that's how I feel. Like I don't feel safe in my own country. Uh, my parents are veterans. They served during Vietnam. Um, have a lot of family members that serve our military and it's just really, for me, annoying as hell. Like the way I feel about this country, it's like, I love my country, but my country doesn't love me. And that's hard to say, you know, 
Uh, so yeah, that little scenes like that is like picking at a scab. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna heal, but f- for the interim, it, it it's kind of crappy. Well, and it, you know, it's like on one hand, hell, the bank scene, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's going to get a loan, right? Yeah. No, that that too. Um, and I guess you know, it's like I because I do understand that that is. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like that's reality for a huge chunk of America, you know? Um, and so it's not, it's certainly not that it's like, I don't, you know, like don't include that, but I, I just, I don't, it's like, I, it almost feels like, okay, well, yeah, the story with the, you know, lead black character, we're going to, focus a lot on all this racist stuff but then you know if it's if it was a you know a white main character we wouldn't bother dealing with any of this in any way in any form you know and i just like this just feels weird i guess you know like so something i was thinking about today um i was on 40 uh going eastbound i saw a um a navy veteran driving his dodge ram with a a small Confederate flag just waving in the wind. And the the reality for me is, is like, Oh, there's, (laughs) thanks for giving me a spotlight. But the, the challenge still is the conversation. And I think that's where we're falling short as people. Right. Um, Like there's a lot of, like, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious and frustrated by the fact that a lot of the, uh, the violence against Asian Americans right now is happening by black people. And that is not hyperbole. It's just like the videos it's that I'm seeing. It's a good amount of black people. I'm like, all right. So what does that mean about what, what does that say about our society? So have we gotten to a point where we can, uh, we, we literally let the people that are not in a position to influence fight amongst each other, right? Is that the social construct that we want to live in? Um, and I was talking to my wife last week and I'm like, you know, what I was thinking about was the, the Black Lives Matter marches across the country last summer. It wasn't all black people. It was white, black middle eastern asian like it was everybody and where's the like <laughs> then i almost in my head said well don't all lives matter <laughs> and i was like right, it's, it's just where's it's, the it's, same level of you know concern and outrage and protest from those right. same groups for you know the violence that's being committed across the country against asian americans right now yeah, it's like the the call to arms should be like, hey, if you're not white, you need to, if you're, and I hate the word ally, but I'm going to use the word, if you're not white or you're an ally, we need to be speaking up about the difference between right and wrong, period, end of story. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if we're not careful, it's going to be some very sick chess game where non-white people are fighting amongst each other about things that affect us all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think these... like on, on one hand, it, that's kind of the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, 
keep everybody occupied fighting amongst themselves so they don't recognize how strong they could be together and actually who are the people who are really committing these horrible atrocities against the rest of us, right? Right. And it's not some secret cabal, but it's the freaking representatives and people that we vote into office on a regular basis. Like, that's who's doing this. It, it's uh, like, I have a, I have a niece that's half Asian and um, I, I, I have to worry about my kids, my nieces and nephews. Um, and I'm probably the least likely to be racist, but I do have my own biases. Right. <laughs> so like, yes. Are you trying I to say have... that you're the least racist person, you know, <laughs> I actually told somebody the other day, I was talking to some of my white friends and, they, and you know what they said to me? If I said that I would be racist, I said, yes, you would be. Yeah. <laughs> but I say it because I'm going for the joke, but I also understand the seriousness of that. Right. So I, I, in my circle, I have like, you're in my circle. I have another person in my circle. There are two white people in my circle. Right. Um, but I, I said that to somebody I feel comfortable with, but I don't ignore the fact that that's a reality, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I know I have to, I don't like, I don't have like a quota of like, I have this many white friends. Like that's not the, the case. The case is like, I have to make sure that if I'm being myself, I'll be around people that, you know, I'll, I'll grow to have a bond with. I don't really care what color they are. I, that's not, that's never been an issue for me. Yeah. You can be green, um, yellow, purple. As long as you're not stupid, I can, you know, I can probably rock with you. Like, <laughs> I just don't like stupid people. I hate it when we get into the whole stupid rainbow colored people conversation, you know, where it's like, I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, purple. Like how many purple people do you run into? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't look like me, if we, I mean, but if you think about it, like, like in a genuine point of view, like not everybody has your same perspective, right. right? Like I know black people that come from the the neighborhood and that's all they see growing up. That's, that's it. Right. I know black people that come from the neighborhood and they go to the suburbs and, you know, and vice versa. I know people that come from the suburbs and up in the hood. Like, it's just like, it is what it is, yeah. but there are, there are things that we have in common. Right. Um, I, I think on a human level, that word that's been abused so often. I mean, we all want to eat. We all want to like have a place to live. Um, we all want to provide for ourselves in some shape or form or, or, or another. So, you know, that's, that's kind of look at it. I sent you an article about um, millennials turning 40. Do you, you take a look at that? I don't think I saw that one. I know uh, when you're talking a couple of weeks ago about millennials fighting with Gen Z because millennials were trying to cancel Eminem, right? Or they thought Gen Z were trying to cancel Eminem. Yeah, like, sorry. I was like, all right, that's weird. But um, so I sent you that. Well, you, you didn't get a chance to look at it, but it was interesting. It's like some fun facts, right? So millennials, the... Most of that group is turning 40 now. Right? Yeah. They have kids. They're trying to buy homes. Yeah. Right. Um, I just think it's very interesting. Like the older you get, the more that life, you have to experience life, like having a family, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do in your career. A lot of your perspective changes. Right. Um, 
we all have those things in common. Like it, it's just a matter of being able to shut up long enough to, to listen to somebody else's point of view. Right. Um, like I know younger black people that don't have the same ex- life experiences I have, not meaning that, you know, I've collected experience points, but meaning that they may not have been through these life changes, but they have very valid points about things. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I, for example, the minimum minimum wage thing, that's been like something that uh, I've heard in the news the last couple of days. I think my perspective on it is still wrong. Like I'm not wrong about how you solve it, but I'm wrong about how I look at it. Um, so I heard a story today about uh, the, the union efforts at Amazon. And it made me think that maybe like... Uh, Actually, something that motivated was SNL did this whole uh, boomers getting vaccinated first video that's been getting a lot of press. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of funny. I'm like, huh, all right, so maybe I'm wrong. And it just kind of made me think like, well, maybe I'm not looking at this whole thing, like the gig worker, quote unquote gig worker uh, point of view very honestly. And the honest part is something I know and I admit there aren't enough jobs like that is a fact. So, and I know we talked on episode 57 about my point of view of like a lot of jobs are starting as Mm part-time. Well, I exclude, exclude the fact that I also know that there aren't a lot of jobs. So that's why working 32, 35 hours a week or, or whatever the case may be may have worked well, but I also, well, I did say, you know, back in the early, you know, early eighties, late seventies, that's how that system was structured. It sure. just never modified. Yeah. So there's a lot of complexities that we just seem to shut up and listen to the other side of the conversation. Well, and I think um, you touched on it there. Like what it really kind of boils down to in a lot of cases. And I think where a lot of people have been frustrated is that it is the same general model that's been in place for 40 years and nothing has changed. You know, like there's been right. no effort to try and improve things for, those bottom line workers in a lot of cases. And so, you know, it's kind of like, well, we've waited 40 years and, you know, the company hasn't done anything. Consumers aren't doing anything. The employees don't have enough power really to be able to do it. And as you're pointing out, there aren't really jobs for them to go to elsewhere. And so what else are we left with? And I'm still with you that I think, you know, starting at the individual state level, like, what are the U state governments doing? Like get off your freaking butts and govern, (laughs) (laughs) pass some legislation, make things better for people. Like I just, it's a complex issue. Um, And I don't use the word complex because it's easier to avoid the fact that it's hard to do. I use it because there's a lot of moving pieces, right? Um, Does that mean that people that have the, the passion to create, industry for people to work at, get off their butts and stop being comfortable to help others. Yeah, that that's part of it. Um, do I, do I think $15 is the right benchmark? Actually, I don't, I think it should actually be like $23. So the article I sent you, a guy went to law school. Um, he was making 20 bucks an hour. Like 20 bucks an hour is like, in California is nothing. Yeah. 
like 20 if i'm being super honest 20 bucks an hour is nothing i mean the minimum wage there is 12 13 dollars something like yeah. that right i mean and yeah the cost of living literally we'll absorb that anywhere in california yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 20 bucks an hour. Like, as an employer, what are you doing to, like, here's my my question to people that employ other people, right? Simple. What are you doing to retain your employees? Like, that is a legit question. What are you doing to keep people that want to be there? Now, I struggle with the part of, like, if I don't want to be somewhere, I'll go find another job. Okay. But, and that's most people, but they want to be there. What are you doing to keep them there and to be able to be productive? Yeah. I mean, we are, we, we have already discussed how much more expensive it is to replace your employees. Ad nauseum. Like we just, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) so why companies seem to just treat them like an everyday commodity that you can go out to the store and buy more of is beyond me, you know? Um, it blows my mind. It's like, I, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I would like to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yeah. But it's, it's tough. Like the whole, like the, the minimum wage thing, the, the union part of it. And I, I have my opinion on that. I could be wrong yep. right? and I could be missing some, or not wrong, but I could be missing part of uh, something deciding that could, you know, pivot my perspective. Um, I'm just, I'm just amazed. And then I was reading something about um, how people are taking like, like for example, in New York, a lot of these buildings are going to be, I don't know, empty for a minute. Mm-hmm. Because you don't need them. It's a good opportunity for New York to say, let's make affordable housing. But will they do that? I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was reading something that was talking about how with, you know, a significant chunk of like Manhattan's, you know, uh, employees, the people who worked every day in Manhattan now expected to work remotely permanently. Like, what does that do to all of the businesses along the way? You know, like everything that basically relied on those commuters to support and sustain them if those commuters go away. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. You want to hear my other aha moment? It has to go with like a, one of my uh, longtime foes, restaurants. I was listening to an economist explain why people open restaurants. It's very simple. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm actually uh, disappointed I didn't figure this out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes a lot of damn sense. <laughs> right? The easiest, lower, lowest barrier to in- entry to becoming self-employed is a restaurant. And that's how he explained it. Yeah. Because everybody needs to eat. Now, as a person that was in that industry for a minute, I would say, please don't do that to yourself. Yeah. There's, 
<laughs> it may have the lowest barrier to entry, but it also has one of the highest barriers to success. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Chinese no, it- restaurants, Italian food. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Western African restaurants like pop up yep. here and there. Um, yeah. There's a couple of Nepalese places around yeah. here. Um, you know, there's a lot of like the Korean barbecue um, places are opening up. And yeah, I mean, you know, like what is a uh, Glenwood and all the crap down there is like 30% of those businesses were restaurants that are closed now. Um, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I mean like it, plus it's one of those things that people are always, because it always sounds so easy, right? You just make food, you make good food and that's all you got to do. But it's like, that's, no, that's not. That's not even like 25% of it. Right. Exactly. Do not, do not open a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so so I do take back part of my uh, disdain for like all the restaurants. Like, we have way too many restaurants in Wake County. Um, period. And that's where I guess, you know, like, cause you made the comment about like people always need to eat. Yeah. But they don't always have to eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> like they have to have a reason to do that. Well, there is a, there is a company um, that their biggest competitor is the grocery store. It's not other restaurants. Yeah. It be all right. So let me just let me peel back a layer. I used to work in the restaurant restaurant industry for a a big chain. I will never ever like take shots at any place I ever worked at, um, probably except for E area, yep. um, on purpose. But the place I worked at, their biggest competitor since like two, 2010 was the Harris Tater down the street. Fast casual, yeah. They figured something out. People only had like 20, 25 minutes for lunch. Yep. Just, you know, they figure out a way to in, improve their service times to feed people. So that was a close number two. Um, you fast forward a few few years, a uh, few years later, and it's sheets. Yeah. Like, first of all, I've never had a good ex- not against sheets, but I've never had a good experience there. <laughs> don't really recommend that. I uh, just want to get gas and that's about it. But um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a- I, like I used to, I know everybody used to flip out when sheets first started showing up here. And you, you know why though, right? No. How many people from the Northeast do you know that moved to? Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Good point. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I, I used to do the sheet stuff every once in a while, especially if you're like on a road trip going somewhere, yeah. you know, and you're driving late at night and it's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to grab a burger and some fries or I'll get, you know, a hot dog or so. Yeah, I know. Like the worst possible things you could get. Um, their friend Wawa. Yeah. I never, I just, I don't know, man. Those people always make such a big freaking deal about that stuff. And it's, it's comfort food. You're from the West Coast, bro. You guys. I still don't understand what that means. Like, what do you. You're from the West Coast, bro. You guys don't understand what comfort means. You're all like California sushi. No, no pizza I'm saying you're. With pineapples and. Your comfort food is Jack in the Box. Your comfort food is uh, Locos Tacos, right? The, you guys have that your. Is so racist to Californians. <laughs> 
You're like, but you guys how have- is this racist? How is how is he going to make this racist? <laughs> but your go-tos are like your regional foods, right? I There's a Jack in a Box in Charlotte. There's uh, actually quite yeah, a few. No, I know there is because they don't have and, one here. And uh, they stay packed. Yes. Packed, packed is an understatement. Yes. I no, I do like I get it, you know, it's like when they start putting Chick-fil-A's everywhere, right? And yeah. yeah. Um I don't know. I just I get I I do I get that. You know, it okay. So it would be like if they put In and Out Burger here, right? That's your other yes. In and Out Burger is like, probably closer. Cause I like there weren't a lot of those because part of it for me was that I grew up in small town California when I was out right. there. You know, like I mean, we like Folsom, you know, Johnny Cash's prison days, uh, was the next town right down from us, and they got the Walmart before we did. So it was like a big right. deal when Folsom got the Walmart because you only had to drive fifteen minutes to get to Folsom, which was like ten minutes because it was thirty minutes all the way into the Sacramento. But <laughs> so like minutes. we had a McDonald's. Like, I think that was, did we even have, no, we didn't even have a McDonald's, we had a gas station, and a grocery store was basically what we had at our exit on the freeway, and then we had all, like, the little restaurants and stuff like that, like, the local stuff, but there weren't that many, like, chain places that we went to. Red Robins was the other place that when they finally opened up there, that, like, every Saturday or Sunday after church, we would go to Red Robins for dinner. Is Red Robins a West Coast? I think it is. I think it is because I I I don't think that they had them here when I first moved here. Yo, shout out to Red Robin, man! Like, all right. So I will, and this is my fault because I didn't look at the menu. I'm pretty sure that burger that I got the other day when we were there had mayonnaise on it. (laughs) 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 And thank goodness that I am not. You know, like I I got a couple bites in and I was like, yeah, that tastes like mayonnaise. (laughs) whatever i've already taken a couple of bites like it's already here what am i gonna do you gotta go for yours uh but red robin is like brilliant concept like from from a guy that used to like be all about the menus but brilliant concept (sighs) yeah i like i mean i loved red robins as a kid i'd go in there and get the uh strawberry lemonade their freckled lemonade uh my daughter loves that so we, I mean, like I, when I say every every week, it was every week. And <laughs> so you're watching The Simpsons and going to Red Robin. Yeah, and we had it, we had the same waiter. Like we would wait <laughs> to sit in Matt's section. I remember his name was Matt. Um, wow. I think my parents are still exchange Christmas cards with he and his wife. Are you um, kidding me? Yeah, like th- this guy because he became an assistant manager, and then you know, I mean, like my parents make friends everywhere they go. Yeah, um, I know one. They're nice people. They are nice people, and they're, yeah, they're very friendly. And so, yeah, like we would we would always go there, um, and I would come in, and like we would sit down at the table, and we wouldn't even order anything. Drinks would appear, and instead of getting like the normal little cup, I would get like the giant beer mug, you know, glass that had a huge freckled. Because I would sit there and drink like fifteen of those. <laughs> And once it, I mean, I had a problem as a kid, and I don't know what my parents were thinking. Let me consume all that sugar, um, but yeah, Red Robins. That was that was probably. And then there's this other place, Woody's, because that's where we used to go before we went to Red Robins. It was basically the same thing. <laughs> you know, it was like the California version of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like the burger, the burger places. I guess it would be the closest. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, but I, I get it. So we actually, uh, there's a, a Los Trace in Apex, right? Yeah. And uh, we have a waiter and I'm not going to put his name on blast on the interwebs, but uh, last time we went there, I did tip him like 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like he's, he's just that awesome. So um, I was like, uh, when we used to go to La Cocina across the street, yeah. you know, and we would always have the same. <laughs> yeah. I always tip. Well, like if I like you, I tip. <laughs> what did, what was my nickname? Uh, La Chiquita. La Chiquita. That's right. Because <laughs> I always got the small beer. But you drink like four of them. Like, why do you, why do you drink four I had to pace beers? myself. <laughs> Good night. Plus, but like, you get the giant beer, and by the time you get to the bottom, it's all flat and gross. Yeah. That's fair. I had a, um, I had a scotch over the weekend. Actually, two. Um, really good scotch. No cigar. But... Yeah, I've Some... never been a scotch. I, I like my high school girlfriend's dad was a scotch drinker. And so uh-huh. I would every year for Christmas, I'd buy him a a bottle of scotch. Um, well, How are you doing that in high school? I was, my parents would buy me a bottle oh. that I would give to him. But um, yeah, like and he would always. Oh, you want to have one? Sure. Yeah. I just, like, you know, like 12 year Chivas Regal, nothing super fancy or anything. But I was like, um bourbon was about the only liquor that i can really other than tequila um yeah my go-to is rum though i've never been a huge rum fan i mean like if it's in a mixed drink i don't mind it but i i don't do spice rum like if you you don't smoke cigars though so that's no no like i used to really like smoking cigars and then when i quit smoking cigarettes like the cigars just kind of went with it it was it was too close like it just the flavor really? and everything, I think, like the ashy and and that, I don't know. Like the thing that got me about smoking cigarettes after a while was that smell. Like I just, yeah. I hated smelling like cigarettes. Yeah. And like the smell on my fingers and like just everything was just like, dude, this is gross. Like why? Dude, I, been- I was fill, I was filling up uh, my car a while ago, and somebody was smoking probably forty five yards away from me. Yeah. And I could smell them. Yeah. I was like. Dude, I used to smell like that. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like, you know, and I I thought that I didn't smell like that. Right. You know, like, because you don't, you don't notice it. But it's like, yeah, right. when you went outside and smoked three cigarettes in a row and then walk right back in and sit down in the office, like, yeah, everybody can now just be like, oh, thanks a lot. I mean, we were the worst. <laughs> yeah, I guess no, because so you, you didn't smoke. As at, much as everybody else. But you, wait, did you? I was like every now and then. That's right. I forgot that. I was yeah, but I wasn't was just vaping at the time. But yeah, a lot of people like I never have smoked as much as people around me. Like never, because I just think it's kind of weird. Now, if I go out like if I went out drinking or whatever, I might smoke more than what I normally would. But it was never as much as people around me. Um, that was where I would usually do the most damage. If yeah. I was drinking, then I'd just sit there and puff away. Yeah. Now I knew people that would smoke like we'd go out to a bar. They'd smoke like a pack of cigarettes. I'm like, aren't yeah. you sick? I know. <laughs> like, at some point you should be like sick right now. So gross. I remember I was so happy. Like, 
you know, a year after I had quit, or maybe it was even two years after I had quit smoking cigarettes, and I was only using my e-cig, and, like, I got really drunk one night, and somebody offered me a cigarette, and I smoked it, and I got immediately sick, and I was, like, so happy. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> and that was the last time I ever touched a cigarette. Yeah. I, I do like cigars. I like cigars with, a, like, a, a rum or... Scotch is actually pretty good. Um, I'm, a, I'm more of a beer guy. Um, yeah. My new daily driver might be the uh, Michelob Ultra. Um, what are you yeah. watching the calories, Sally? Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting <laughs> old, man. Um, oh, trust me. I went for my physical on Wednesday last week, and my doctor's mm-hmm. like, so, how you doing? I was like, doing pretty good. And he's like, let's see. Wait. Oh. Is that the <laughs> highest you've been? Oh, it is. All right, look, and I'm like, oh shit, I got the all right look. Yeah, you got you got to go and do some sit ups, man. That's why. Um, yeah, the older you get, man, the closer you get to forty. Like, yeah, just oh. just get a better routine. Yep. You know? Cooking. And so that's what Uh, I've been working on, you know, trying to make some small adjustments in my diet and just recognizing like my late night bowls of cereal and other snacking isn't helping. Um, Want to hear something funny? Yeah. I haven't had a bowl of cereal in almost six months. And I cannot believe that. Like I would literally wake up and either get like a bowl of cereal or some freaking uh, Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I haven't eaten oh, Pop-Tarts yet. All about Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> gosh. I don't... It's like, this healthy life is messing me up with my Pop-Tart game, man. So you just got to uh, get the healthy Pop-Tarts. That's all. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> I made this really good... Um, it was like a mac and cheese chowder is what they called it. I know. And it's not like mac and cheese, so don't get all up in my grill about this right now. Okay. Cause I know where you're going. Like I saw that momentary pause and yeah, it was judgment pause, judgment. but it was really good. It was actually yeah. very tasty. I, I did see some, uh, there are some, uh, plant-based seed food options coming out hopefully this year. Um, I've, you know, I was talking to one of my circle, they, they've been eating seafood. So they cut, there is no meat, but just seafood. Um, you know, seafood's meat. Yes and no. <laughs> or, okay, so no land. All right, so no land-based meat, I right? And, and I can respect that, but so lots of dolphin. <laughs> yeah, we kill <laughs> all the dolphins. Um, I like. I, I. It's kind of like if I do believe if I could understand the sourcing of my seafood, I would eat seafood. Um, I feel like if you knew where your seafood came from, you'd never eat seafood. I do know where my seafood comes from, and that's why I don't eat seafood. Well, that's now. what I'm saying. So, <laughs> case, <laughs> so when I lived in Virginia, we lived off, we lived in Hampton, yeah. and uh, on an Air Force base, and we could actually go and like catch crabs. <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs> really, we, near an Air Force base? <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> you know, like everything that came out of my mouth, and it was kind of like, yeah, that's. That's a joke waiting to happen. Um, but we there was a, a, a pier that we could literally walk from our house and just go, literally go catch fresh crab, right? 
I knew where the I knew where the crab came from. Yeah. We every now and then we go fishing and, and like you know catch. Like, there were some trout and some other uh, like uh, non saltwater fish. Never really big been big on saltwater fish. If I'm being honest, like nobody's ever cooked it to what I would like to eat. So, sure. so if I could do that, I would probably eat seafood. But being as I can, I I just don't rock with it right now. And um, shrimp, same thing. We could actually go to the same pier, get crab or shrimp. And most of the time we'd catch both. My dad would like do his, his voodoo that he did so well. Um, and yeah, we eat it. So, but if I could do that, I'd probably eat seafood, but I don't live in that world anymore. I just, yeah, I don't know. Like seafood was never one of those things. I ate fish sticks for a little while when I was a kid, but even then, like, and I know that those are mostly pork. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like I just, I don't know. Like seafood has always just had this really weird smell and flavor and it's like, like there was a, a brief period of time where I got into tilapia and doing like tacos, you know, made with yeah. tilapia. And I would do the tilapia in the pan in such a way that it was almost like ground beef. Like you just kind of keep right. breaking it up. And then like all of a sudden, like I'd, like three, four times. Great. Oh, this is wonderful. Like the fifth time I was like, nope, this tastes like fish. I don't want it. I don't ever, ever. Like it was like I'd hold it in my mouth and literally like I was having to it was it taking everything within my constitution to keep myself from throwing up. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but you understand, like I, I, um, gosh, my wife's from a, a port city in Peru. Right. I, so, I know. Uh, and I recognize that that is that the dynamic is completely different. Yeah. So if I could catch like, uh, if I could catch seafood, like fresh, I would probably like, I, I don't trust the farming of it, right? Yeah. That's that's it. No, and um, I think that that was always because like the um, I remember <laughs> this was a funny story. So I was in Mexico with my dad. We were doing uh, working for the Baja company um, right. that did like the off road tours, and then they also had cars that you could basically rent a seat in the Baja one hundred or one thousand or five hundred. And so we were in Ensenada for I think it was the five hundred, and it was towards the end of the race and we were kind of like hanging out waiting for the team to come down the finish line. And there's this little dude with like a cart and he's chopping up all this stuff. And we walk over and he's making fresh ceviche there on the cart. That's like my crack. Yo, it was so he was like, here, try some. And he had like little, you know, sample cups basically. And it was so good. Like, Oh my. (laughs) And I'm, a guy that doesn't like seafood at all. And I'm like, give me this seafood off of a cart in the streets of Mexico. Like that's, (laughs) it was up there with the bacon wrapped hot dogs that I had. (laughs) Dude, that's like, like, and we have a friend that, um, he gives me a hard time because when I ate meat and seafood, like, yo, you got to invite me over when you do ceviche. Right. Yep. And he's like, yep. Every time. I mean, it's like like seafood salsa. Yeah, it's basically I, what it is like. And that's I my knees get a little bit weak when I'm turning down ceviche. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, yeah, I could totally just eat that like right now. But yeah. um, and that may be something I have to d- decide on what that looks like for me. But for the most part, it's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, I feel like, you know, where I'm really at is kind of like I've made this decision. I'm moving forward with it as best I can. I understand there may be moments where. I eat a hamburger that has some mayonnaise on it, right? Or, 
whatever it may be. Um, you know, I may cook something for Helena and be like, I'm going to take like a little nibble. Like, right. You know what? Overall, I'm, okay with that. I'm making a lot of decisions that I'm moving in the right direction and understanding that this is not a, it wasn't just like flipping a switch, you know? Right. Like it took me time to get to this point and it will still take time for me to move, to continue to evolve and move past this. That's how I feel about cheese. Like I, there are sometimes we'll go to a Mexican restaurant and it's kind of like, I'm not going to go to the extent of, you know, is your cheese vegan or like, I'm like, all right, it comes with cheese. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to eat it. Right. Um, I have a a thing for sour cream, right? It's kind of like, yeah, I know. I got to send you my sour cream recipe. Okay. Because <laughs> I have a cashew-based sour cream that is just, it's really good. Yeah. And, and there are things where it's kind of like, I'm probably, I'm plant-based first. And, you know, uh, like I've learned to substitute like the cheesy taste in a burger with avocado. Yeah. Um, Especially when you're out. Um, yeah yeah absolutely and most places have an avocado spread so i'm like all right i'll just take avocado right um and that's so it's so it's not like super strict ceviche i'm not gonna lie man there's sometimes like sunday or saturday for example i was like but i was okay like i I moved on see and i feel like and you're gonna be like blasphemy for saying this i feel like you could probably replicate blasphemy like whatever you're, whatever's about to come out of your mouth. Like I think that, you could do ceviche, but replace the shrimp or whatever other seafood with tofu. That is the devil talking. I know. <laughs> I told you that you would say that. I recognize that I was crossing a line when I yeah, said it. But this is where my brain goes now. Is I see a dish and I'm like, okay, well, how would I make that vegan? Like, what would I substitute this there, thing? There's- Okay, to be fair, there's a Peruvian chef that my wife follows, and she's done that with ceviche. And we have not tried it yet. I'm just thinking because I think if you press the tofu right, it would have a very similar texture to the shrimp or something like that. I don't know. You're you're probably not wrong. Um, I might give that a shot next weekend. The the Um, thing would be the flavor, right? Like, you got to figure out. And I mean, maybe because they have... Like well, um, the flavor. If you do ceviche right, it's literally all raw fish, and it's all about the seasoning. Like you never taste the fish. Well, right, but then it's got I'm, like onions and tomatoes and and. It's got know. onions, uh, no tomatoes, lime juice, uh, lime juice. So th- I I think you might be right. See, I I I think I think, but see, I'm gonna have to introduce this into my house, and if I die <laughs> then it's on me it's all on you that's I want fair you. we have video record to say that, that look chris put this idea in my head yep it's, it's like gonna that be a movie hundred... with leonardo dicaprio titanic <laughs> i might i might actually try that so uh, a while ago i made my uh, tofu uh general towels right yeah my mother-in-law loves it and i thought that she was going to be like the one who said eh, it's okay and just like move on. She's always asking for the recipe. I'm like, oh, what up? Oh, your boy got it. <laughs> nice. So uh, I might give that, I might try substituting tofu because I do like ceviche. Like that's my, 
that is one of my like it's a hangover food for me i don't get hangovers a lot but there's some well there's actually a lot of sundays where i'm just feeling kind of lazy and that is like just, the last thing that i would reach for when i have a hangover oh. i wouldn't be digging through the fridge like God, I need someone to have ceviche. Like, you know, like I, I was always like, get me to Wendy's. I need a bacon burger and a large Dr. Pepper. Like, that's really? the only thing that's going to solve my hangover. Man, we got to get you like some uh, some Latino hangover, like medicine, man. I like, guess. ceviche is one of those things where it's kind of like, you're great, right? Like, so let's say we have a big party on a Saturday. We'll go to somebody's house the next day. They make ceviche and we're. And everybody's kind everybody's like great so i guess like the 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 white version of that is bloody mary's yes right like usually the the next morning it's like you have the bloody mary with a little bit of vodka in there so i remember my sister's wedding in mexico we did that where it was like weird because they had the wedding but then we had to be out of the place that we were staying the next morning and so it was like we're all hung over as shit and we get in, we have to drive into town, and they were they were they get married married in Toto Santos. And so we drive into town and there's this like little I don't know, my parents knew this place that they had been, because of course they do. And we go in and we sit down and we're like, you know, they come out and they're taking our order and we're like, Please tell us you have alcohol. And she was like, <laughs> uh, the bartender was just leaving, but let me see if I can catch him. Well, the bartender's the owner. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, what do you guys want? And we were like, do you have any Bloody Marys? And he was like, I mean, I'd have to go pick the tomatoes and muddle them fresh. But, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> and so, like, literally one of the best freaking Bloody Marys I have ever had. And that was, like, that and whatever I had for breakfast that morning was like, okay, I feel human again. I can ride in the car down to Cabo. We are good to go. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, and I always joke about this, but it's probably partially true. Peruvians like party pretty heavily. Um, so my daughter's baby shower, right? Like, I wasn't expecting to go to the baby shower because I'm an American male. And like, my friends are like, yo, when's the baby shower? I'm like, dude, we're not going to be there. Like, yeah, we are. So it was actually a party. It was a reason for us to have a party. And it started like, I don't know, six, seven into like three, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like it was a great day. Yeah. Next day we had ceviche. Um, <laughs> so, Always ceviche. It was like, we're good. This is going to work out great. So, <laughs> so uh, we, I got to get you to a, a, a Latino, Latina party. So that way you can understand like, dude, you remember I would come to work some days. Like I went out dancing last night until like four o'clock. Yeah. In the oh yeah. So, uh, that that was my older life. But now you, that I'm older, you would show up and work, I would show up after being <laughs> out drinking the night before, and I'd be like, I don't feel good. I think I'm gonna go home. And you'd be like, Seriously, I yeah. swear to God, <laughs> if you leave me here to do all of this work, I will kill you. Yeah, you gotta try harder, man. Like, you yeah, no, some- you literally you're like try harder. <laughs> Did he re- like he literally just gave me like the verbal nut tap from across the room? Like, dude, sack up. Yeah, when I used to work in restaurants, it would be nothing to. Uh, this is sad. Yeah, those are restaurants. Yeah, like we'd go out to a, a nightclub <laughs> and like I'd get home and have to open at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 
I had my trusty bottle of Tylenol in my dash, you know, go to work, open a store, work until like three, go home, take a nap and go out and do it again. Um, I made a lot of bad decisions when I was really young. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't that young when we were working together. I was still making bad decisions at that point, but um <laughs> You know, I'd, I've gotten a little bit smarter in my older age. I mean, last year for Christmas, I'd have to excuse that or uh, exclude <laughs> that, I guess. But I learned yeah. I did not make the mistake this year around. So I paced yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is like you guys are getting to like, oh, these guys are alcoholics. No, we're not. Uh, life is about having fun. It's about being... this is basically the only time like one of two times a week that I drink. I have, I, in fact, tonight, you'll laugh at this. I have to show the camera so everybody can see. I had my second beer prepared, but I wanted it to stay cold because I didn't want you know, God, a fucking you warm just, beer. Such a, you make me so sick. I know. <laughs> so I just put it in a little little container, but I didn't even get to it. I've been sitting here chatting it up with this guy. and Dude, I've, I've had three... Well, so here's the okay, difference. Okay, but I've like uh, since I stopped yeah. working at E area, my tolerance has gone way down. Now, granted, it actually started before then because I stopped drinking, yeah, for a while there. Not like found Jesus, but you know, <laughs> Jesus was known to be the life of the party. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, the guy's blood was literally wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is this is the blood of Christ. Holy crap! That dude must have been wasted. <laughs> One of gotcha. the only funny Family Guy jokes that I still remember. Yeah. yeah, there are sometimes I watch that show. I'm like, I can't laugh at this. <laughs> no, you can't laugh at that. You'll go to hell. <laughs> I do believe God has a sense of humor. I mean, that's why we have Ohio. Yes, um, and Florida. In Florida. He has a very sick sense of humor. That's why we have Mitch McConnell yeah. and Ted Cruz. Yeah, I, I, I think I probably drink more light beers. Like, I don't drink like IPAs and, and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, Christy, <laughs> she being... She's very true to her German roots. And so... She's drinking stouts. <laughs> well, yeah, like she likes a heavier, you know, th- thicker beer. And so the... Joke like we'll go out and I'll I'll get a Kolsch right or I'll get a you know a Pilsner <laughs> or a Lager because that's just me like I'm right I'm drinking Modelo because I like just like something I don't want to like chew my beer and I don't want to feel <laughs> like I you know ate a bowl of oatmeal when I'm done with it like I just I want something that's that ultimately is going to leave like a nice clean palate and that I can just drink and it's kind of like refreshing and right. so the joke is that if I can see through it then it's good for me. That's how I know. Like, so I'll order whatever I'm ordering, and it comes out, and I'll be like, "Oh, yeah, passes the see-through test." And she'll just roll her eyes because she's like, "That is the shittiest beer that you could have." Yeah, ordered. you're such a child. And she'll I go don't... and get like a Guinness, you know, and yeah, and then be like, "Well, it's no Smithix or whatever <laughs> the good one is." <laughs> I the first time I had like a, a, a like a imported like from Germany like heavy heavy beer, I was in Southern Pines and. Uh, with my kid's great grandfather, right? Dude, I think I had like probably four sips. It it killed the experience of my cigar. So we would smoke <laughs> cigars and talk. And I'm like, Jim, I can't drink this. <laughs> like, I just I can't. Yeah. Like, I think I'm drunk. He goes, Are you drunk for that? I'm like, Yeah, I think I'm drunk. I I, I I'm good. Um, 
get like a Bud Light or something, like something to kind of wash this like alcoholism out of my mouth, you know. Uh, Several of the first times that Christy and I hung out, um, this most recent go around, we went to uh, Total Wine and just bought yeah. like a bunch of the different German beers and then came home and just did like a beer tasting. <laughs> You know, just like, all right, well, let's open this one. And we'd split it and drink it. And then like, oh, that was okay. All right, let's go try this one next. <laughs> and so <laughs> I got introduced to a lot of German beers that way and learned very quickly that she likes a much better beer than I do. Apparently. Yeah. She, her beer game is strong. Yeah, very strong. But that's not surprising. <laughs> so we're glad you guys joined us. Uh, I just gave Chris a lot of homework. Um, you can always How follow us. A-, a lot of homework. Well, you're going to have to edit these episodes, hopefully, before, <laughs> before my birthday. Uh, you can always follow us at ChrisAndAndreShow.com. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google uh, Music, or Google Play. And you can take your media player and take our RSS feed and add it to that and listen to us however you like to. We're also on Tuned In. Um, tune in, but close. Tune, yeah, Tune In. We got a lot of and YouTube now, so uh, you I was gonna our- say. I mean, I I I I've made that mistake before of trying to like jump in to aid you in kind of like you know plugging our different channels, and so I was just gonna let that one roll and see if you got to it. But yes, like YouTube has uh, become my new favorite playground, um, <laughs> and something that we'll definitely probably talk about. Definitely, probably weird combination of words that we will definitely talk about on the next episode because I really want to get into it is. YouTube analytics and just kind of like okay. all of the stuff behind there, because this is my first time putting content on YouTube. Like, and it's really got my marketing brain kind of like firing <laughs> on all cylinders sitting here wondering like, what can I do with all of this? And I'm sitting there, I, you know, we've got four subscribers and like a total of 4.7 hours of watching, which is probably mostly us. And I'm like, how do we join the YouTube partner program? And it's like thousand subscribers over a hundred thousand hours of watches. And I'm like, we have so far to go. But um, that being said, it has been a lot of fun. I thank you to everybody that has helped to kind of promote the new channel out there. Um, and yeah, like we've got a couple extra subscribers or new subscribers in the last week. We've got um, all of our new episodes and trailers are getting published up there. Um so yeah, Andre may even get into doing some video editing. Yeah, because because that sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even convince himself of that. <laughs> so uh, for anybody that wonders why we do some of this crazy stuff, part of our working theory is that you you can create your own platform. Um, everything else is just a channel. You can take all those channels and make a platform and uh, not be so dependent on the other stuff. So our growth is organic. Uh, we do everything like low cost and, you know, out of pocket. You know, we my doctor have... said my, uh, my organic growth on my back was okay. That's, that's always, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Hi, little Chris, as he pokes out from the, from the back. <laughs> so, 
we like to have fun with this. It, it gives us a chance to talk. Um, and we may like, I think we're probably going to get to a point where we have some, some guests. Uh, and I, <laughs> I know I was just thinking about that the other, like earlier today, even I was like, how are we going to manage this with guests? Like I've barely got this figured out where we can record the video. I can get all the audio. And I'm like, God, if we add a third person, I won't be able to distinguish between like Andre and them and all of this, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, we'll figure it out. And, Cause I think that the working project is a, um, a good example to prove, well, proof of concept. Like it kind of drives innovation in my, in my point of view, because once you can actually say, Hey, this works, you can figure out ways to make it better. So yeah, I'm all about that. So follow us along, you know, follow us on, on uh, Twitter, Chris and Andre. Uh, we're also on Facebook at Chris and Andre. I even posted stuff to Instagram this week. Man, you be I took the you. trailer from episode 57. This is how dedicated I am to promoting this podcast. I used my phone and screen recorded the whole trailer, edited it down very painstakingly on my phone, and then published it on YouTube or on uh, Instagram so people can watch it on IGTV. That is another level of commitment I do not have. I know, right? <laughs> I don't even have an Instagram. I put the podcast on my back. My back. <laughs> <laughs> so we're glad you join us with our, uh, our our ramblings. Hopefully, there's something you like. Um, I I'm going to close with saying this, and and I, I I think it's very important. So I have like a circle of friends and. They probably hear the same variation of everything I'm thinking about at some level. Uh, nothing's filtered, nothing's changed, but I force myself to talk about how I'm feeling and seeing things so I can be a better person. Uh, for me, part of this experience is to hopefully share that with other people. So a lot of times you're not alone. A lot of times your your opinions are valid. You could be wrong though, but you know, it's good to get those things out there and talk about them. Uh, and I, I circulate between like, you know, no more than three people, same ideas and my wife. And she always, uh, she's supportive. Also, I talk to my kids because I think that a lot of the, a lot of the things that we struggle with, it's just having the conversation to validate or invalidate what you're doing. Um, and off, oftentimes just to, you know, you have a sounding board. So I, I, you know, this is very therapeutic for me. Um, and hopefully it gives people an opportunity to like have those conversations. The last couple of shows I watched, a few news stories have talked about um, people that may need help, help with their mental life and whether it be suicide prevention or anxiety or, or whatever it may be. You know, I think those things are very important. I think it's great that as, as a society, we're bringing some spotlight to mental health. But a lot of times, I mean, just have better friends, have people that are willing to take that journey with you. Um, I'm not saying those things aren't important. I just think that it's also good to have people to take to take the life journey with you. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's. Um, I think where people really struggle is when they don't have that support network, right. you know, in place. And, um, you know, you and I, I think, are very fortunate that especially at this moment in our life, we have, you know, our small circles of friends and family members that we trust and love and care about and, um, you know, are there to support us in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, 
it, I think you're absolutely right that it's important for everybody to remember that what you're going through is probably not unique and exclusive to you, that there is somebody else that is, has either gone through something very similar or is going through it at the same time. And, um, you know, even just having somebody else out there that you can talk to and, um, you know, that can, can be there to, to help hold you up when you can't do it on your own can make a huge difference. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I've been really pondering like, uh, uh, the mental health question, right? I think it's very important. I, but I also think that a lot of times is this, the stigma of talking about your problems as whether it doesn't matter your gender, if I'm being honest, um, there should be no embarrassment about that. Uh, we, we all fall, we all fail, we all struggle. And um, no experience is uh, unique, but it's not that far different from somebody else's. So, you know, if you are struggling with those things, I know COVID's probably exasperated a lot of those feelings. Dude, pick up the phone, call your homies. You know, you probably can't go out, but you can talk, you know? Um, so call you know, Andre. I, His number is 555 362 2175. That's funny. Uh, so, you know, I talk to my, you know, as a, if you're a parent, talk to your kids. You know, I talk to my kids and they know all my failings and I'm pretty open about that because I feel as a parent, it's important that they know that, yeah this is not brand new and this is how I dealt with it or faced it. I didn't solve it or I did solve it or whatever it may be, because I think that um, part of your legacy is not about just the finances, but helping your kids to navigate through this crazy and wild world um, as a friend, brother, as a, just a general, per well, I wouldn't say a person. Some people can, you know, jump in the lake, but <laughs> That was a nice sentiment until the very last thing you said there, Andre. Well, here, there he is. So, uh, you know, I think those things are important. So hopefully if you have feedback, you know, hit us up on one of the many channels. And if you're an aspiring podcaster or YouTuber, learn from our mistakes. And um, we'd love to hear your feedback. And as always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you soon. We're not sure when we'll see you, but we'll talk to you soon. Hey, I've been doing really good lately, okay?